Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy. Crime. LGBT. Thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery with your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. Heard on FM Riverside and 1050 AM Palm Springs. Okay, I'm back. And joining me, as we talked about earlier, Andrea Message. And um, let's just get into it. Um, How are you doing, first of all, today? I am doing fantastic. Is 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 that like, well, Okay, I'm doing I'm doing good. It, I, I'm not quite fantastic. That was an over exaggeration, but but I'm good. I'm good. It's all it's it, nothing wrong with fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic is good. Yeah. <laughs> here, well, here we are. So, kind of the beginning of winter. And, oh, uh, not for me. No, I know. Hey, no, I no, we've been we've had winter now since October. I mean, it's I mean, we had snow all the way up to my head already. So. Oh, see, that's sick. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. I have to live in this. Ah, that's sick. You know, it's funny. People complain about the Northwest, but yeah, we get some rain, but my God. Yeah. I, you know, if we get a snowfall, it lasts maybe a day. Maybe. Yeah. And, and it makes national news. You know, you, oh, get, yeah. you get you get a dusting on the ground and it's the snowpocalypse. Yeah. Well, it is. You know the reason why. Is, you see, because nobody has snow tires. Exactly. <laughs> and then they all drive off the interstate. Yeah. And it's really funny. And then, then the city realizes they have no sand trucks or anything. Oh, so, boy. Yeah. You know, yeah, it can be messy, but it's funny. It just n- almost never happens. So I'm yeah, happy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, you know, just stay home. <laughs> yeah, that's what, I wish I had that excuse, but when you got like 10 feet of snow outside and you got to get going, you can't stay in all winter, but. Yeah, I can. 
<laughs> I suppose. Yeah. No, that's it. I'm done. You know, I'm, <laughs> uh, I, I won't. Do, I won't go anywhere. No, yeah. I, I don't forget it. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, we had 45 degree weather today, and it actually felt like summer. We were all in our short sleeve shirts, and wow, that's short yeah. weather. It's it's beautiful. I mean, this is like go to the beach and go swimming. Yeah, get your suntanning <laughs> lotion up. Exactly. Oh my! So um, lots of exciting stuff going on right now. Hey, so um, you heard about all the uh, shooting there in uh, Australia? Yeah, yeah. I, I, in fact, I think I just read that um, the the actual guy who took everybody hostage was killed, and sadly, two of the hostages also passed away, which. Yeah, that was that was really sad, but I'm glad that a lot of them made it out and that um, they made it out safe. So, you know, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I, you know, there's a big conspiracy theory going on now, hey? Eh? I don't know if you've heard this. I, what do you think of conspiracy theories? <laughs> I guess it, it depends on the conspiracy theory. I mean, I, I think there are some legitimacy to some conspiracy theories, like when you're talking about how like, it, smartphones and Google and the state of technology and how people are continuously watching you. Because you go on Google, like I, I'll just search on Google for something, and then I go to Facebook, and there it is, like advertising nonstop all over the place. And, mm-hmm. and they're doing it with smart TVs now where you'll be watching a show and based on like the things that you type into your TV, all of a sudden they'll come up with all of these ads and, and they're kind of like really getting invasive. So, I mean, conspiracies, conspiracy theories like that, you know, I, I, I can see the validity. But there are some like uh, that I just, I guess it depends on the theory. Well, I kind of walk around my house all the time thinking I'm being watched. So, yeah, <laughs> so it's okay. If you got cats, you're probably right. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, actually, dogs. I do a dog rescue, oh. so. Oh, okay, yeah. And I've got them staring at me now. No, I, uh, <laughs> um, no, actually, now, now, get this, this is a pretty weird one now. Mm-hmm. They're saying that these shootings and that guy that's been out in the open about his dislike and whatever for Western world kind of thing, yeah. um, that he was um, put up by the U.S. to do that. And, I didn't hear and, that. And same as the the event that happened up in in uh, Canada too. Yeah. And what they're trying to do is to get the uh, other countries more involved. Hmm. Isn't that that's kind of weird? It's. I mean, it. <sighs> yeah, you know, know, on one <laughs> hand, on one hand, I could kind of, you know, I I could kind of see our the government doing something like that just because. Our government. I don't care if you're Republican. I don't care if you're oh, Democrat. Yeah. Our government's messed up. Yeah, they're I all mean, the same. <laughs> they're literally all the same. You vote in the Republicans because you think they're going to do something about a lot of the crap that's been going on, and they just status quo. I mean, so. But at the same time, I, I just, for me, I can't see that. I mean, it, I could see it happening, but I don't believe that's what it is. I just believe that there are people out there that actually have such deep seated hate for some different people and that they just go about and they act on it yeah and i mean hate is a hate is a bad thing when you have someone that's just such deep-seated hate like that because i say there's there's people i hate when in actuality i just dislike them and i could care less but there are some people that have such a hate that it's literally either they have to hurt somebody or they're going to hurt themselves yeah and i just think that these the, like the case in Canada and like the case here, I really think that's what this probably is. Yeah. yeah but that's just me. What do I know? I'm just, you know. Well, you know, I think I think it's great. I think it's good to have opinion and talk about it. 
Oh, yeah. If yeah. anything, we need to talk more. Exactly. And, and when it comes to the labeling, and like you were saying, party, it doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat exactly. or what you want. In fact, I'd, I'd, I'd rather have them not label people like that when they're doing interviews or talking to them. I'd rather have them just come on and say, this person here, and hear what they say. I'd rather hear what yeah. the person says and decide whether I want to vote for them or back well, them exactly. or not. Yeah. You know, there's other stuff I don't get. I don't get, you know, all everything's labeled. Exactly. Colored and named and the whole thing. So they and it's of, all the same. Yeah, it's, it's all the same. They're all working for corporations. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They might as well just start having bumper stickers and like, you know, like, uh, oh, what's Obama sponsored by or yeah, exactly. what, Paul Ryan sponsored by, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I like, think that they all are just corporate. Exactly. And, and it's, that, it's, it's every, and like, you know, they always say, like the Democrats say they're anti-lobbyist, and yet the first person Obama invites into the thing are lobbyists, and the Republicans would do the same thing, so. Well, they, they all do it. It doesn't yeah. matter what name you put on it. Exactly. I've lost faith in all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. We start out really <laughs> depressing, banging the whole thing. Well, happy you know, thoughts now. Happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. Okay. Well, it's it's sunny here. Here, yeah, there. It's it's like Silent Hill outside my house. Oh, well, see, that could be good too. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I guess it depends. Yeah. So, let's start in um, with you. Oh, okay. Um, Okay, so let's say, so, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have to. Um, um, no, so what can we say about you? What labels can we put? No. Uh, <laughs> now you have. See, gorgeous, funny, talented, single. <laughs> oh, there we go. See? There we go. <laughs> now we're getting there. No, I was going to say that, okay, now you have written a book. Yes, and, I have. Uh, this was kind of interesting. Um, uh, Ghost in the Cellar, in the Coal Cellar. Ghost in the Coal Cellar. Sorry, I'm... No, that's okay. You know what? That's better. <laughs> Barnes & Noble's... I, I pretended to be a customer because I wanted to see if they had my book on the shelves. And they spent five minutes trying to even find it, and they couldn't find it. So finally, they asked for the author name, and I pretended you know, that I was the customer, and I knew the name. And they're like, oh, I was searching for Ghost in the Cold Shower. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh. so you're good. <laughs> oh. That might be a good there's idea, too. There's another book idea. There's, yeah, there's another one. See, now we've got a whole series going on here. Yeah. Now, well, now this was about um, true cases um, from a lone investigator, right? True case yes. files, that's you. And so you were a skeptic, if I understand that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so how skeptical were you? Like, were you totally, like, not believing? I was, I was the kind where... I love the stories like the Canterville ghost or when I was little, I'd go into like our library and I'd get ghosts, our books on ghosts and Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster. And it, it was just something that I thought was fun, but I didn't actually think that any of it was true. And when my friends would tell me ghost stories, I would just like, I, I would try not to laugh in their face, but that usually was what ended up happening. But I would try to be, I would try to be nice about it and just listen and nod. And, but then that little, rationality came over me and I'd have to try and tell them, well, that's not possible because, you know, and I would just insult them completely. But I was so skeptical. I just honestly did not believe that such things could possibly exist. Yeah. Well, and it's yeah. easy because quite often people, when they're telling you stories, it's quite easy for them to be a little overboard or it sounds, yeah. it sounds kind of 
you know, far-fetched because some of them sound really wild, right? Especially, well, exactly. you know, there's blood running down my wall and all this sort of stuff. Well, right? yeah, and, and I think a lot of times, too, is, and, and that's what I found out when I had my first experience, is sometimes the first experience is so dramatic that you can't really find the words to explain it properly, so sometimes you kind of over-exaggerate, not like you're not like lying, or but you're using grandiose words to make it seem even bigger than it actually was because it's just so dramatic for you. And for a lot of people, it's traumatic, where they're actually traumatized by these events and they don't know how to describe it, and so they just go off into these wild details about it. And, and I always found that really hard to believe until I actually experienced it myself. Right, right. <laughs> well, and plus people, a lot of times when they're trying to describe they have already come to conclusions, and so they're exactly, talking yeah. about that as in their conclusion, not so much this is what happened, you know. Yeah, so exactly, the, yeah. The emotions tie that. So what made you change, or what made you open up to ghosts or paranormal? Well, I had an experience, um, and this was my brother Andy and his now wife Jamie. They were big into the paranormal long before I was, Um and uh, my, my sister-in-law had a lot of paranormal experiences. And so they became paranormal investigators. And they would travel around and do different ghost hunts and ghost tours and learn about the different areas. And I think, and this is just a theory, but I think when my brother and his wife were in Gettysburg, and they came, my brother came home, because this was before they were married and he was still living um, in our family home at the time. I think he brought something with him, because, you know, they'd get little souvenirs. Like if they went to the Battle of Gettysburg, they'd like maybe take little, a, a rock from the actual battlefield or some soil, and, and they'd bring it home with them. And that's exactly when everything kind of started, was right when they came home from Gettysburg. So I don't know if it was an antique they brought that had an attachment that they brought into the home, or if it was something from the battlefield, like a rock or some soil that they brought home as a souvenir and a reminder of the time they spent there. But as soon as he came home, so many weird things started to happen, and I'd always pass them off as nothing, nothing, nothing. Until one day my brother and uh, my other brother, John, were at this fair, it's called uh, Bastille Days, if uh, people from the Milwaukee area and Wisconsin know about Bastille Days. It was about 30 to 45 minutes away from where we live. And one that I heard, you know, heavy footsteps, it sounded like my brother's cowboy boots, walking through the kitchen, walking down the hallway past the stairs that led up to the loft where I stayed, and then into his room, and I heard his door close. So I went downstairs because I wanted to find out how Bastille Days was. And when I knocked on the door, it opened by itself. His lights were on, and I had turned them on my, or off myself because my mom is a serious fanatic about saving electricity. And, I mean, it could be like zero degrees outside, and our heat would be down to like 50 because she's not paying those bills. So she makes me go off and turn off all the lights that are not being used before, you know, heading upstairs. So... I, so I'm assuming he came home. And so I went to my mom's room because usually what my brothers like to do is make a beeline for my mom's room, wake her up out of a deep sleep if she's sleeping, just so that they could say goodnight. And my mom's like, well, who just came home? And I said, well, didn't anybody come to see you because there's nobody in the house? And she's like, no. So I called my brother to see if he had come and run out, and they were still at the party or at the festival, which is 45 minutes away. Now, unless they have the Stargate they're not going to get from our house and then in five seconds be at a party that's 45 minutes away from our house. Mm -hmm. So then we started to panic. And 
we thought somebody broke into our house because my mom heard the exact same thing I heard. She heard somebody come in, walk through the kitchen, and walk into my brother's room and shut the door. And so I grab a butcher knife and I, I, I arm my mom with knives and she's sitting on the couch and I'm taking knives and I'm putting them in the door to the basement so nobody can get up in case they snuck downstairs. And then I'm trying to look as mean as a pit bull <laughs> as I'm walking around the house trying to see if like, you know, looking in closets, looking under beds. And finally I got to my brother's room and I'm looking under the bed and I'm looking in his closet and there's just nothing there. So I turn off his light and as I'm walking to the door, his light turns back on. And this isn't one of those lights where, you know, you could kind of push it down a little bit and then it pops back up. Down is like you hear a loud click and it goes all the way down and it stays down. That's off. And then all the way up is up, is on. And so I, I'm like, I didn't really think about it. And I went and I turned it off again. And as I'm walking away, it turns on again all by itself. And I'm actually, this time I see it turn on all the way. So then I'm starting to freak out just a little bit. And at this time, my brothers had rushed home because I had hung up the phone with them saying somebody broke into our house. They searched the entire perimeter, and it had just rained, so there's splotches of mud everywhere. And so they're, you know, they could see their own footprints. And there's no other footprints there. There's nobody had jimmied any locks. All the locks had been just perfectly in place as I left them. The windows had been untouched. There was absolutely no way anybody could have got into our house. And, I mean, they did a search from top to bottom, outside, inside. There's just absolutely no way. And then after that, things just started to happen on a regular basis. So that was like the introduction, and then things just kind of kept going from there. Right. So when that happened, did you think automatically paranormal, or what were you thinking initially? Initially, I thought someone broke into my house. Right, of course. I think think that's the obvious. I mean, because when people don't think it, I think it's kind of off. Yeah. (laughs) Because that's, you know, you start hearing noises or. Oh, yeah, you know, and I'm walking around the house like, I know you're here. Yeah. And I'm I'm armed. I'm armed. You know, (laughs) (laughs) so I'm like, oh. And uh, so, but then, then my next thought was there's a rational explanation. Maybe the faulty switch. Maybe, yeah, okay, the light switch went up on its own, but maybe there's something wrong with it. Or maybe there's an electrical problem. I just kind of dismissed it. But when I finally stopped, I, I started hearing like people calling my name and then I'd yell downstairs to find out who it was and nobody had said it. And sometimes I would see things that would move from one place where I left it and then it would be in another place. And I dismissed it. I'd say, oh, I just forgot. But then I was sitting on my bed and I was talking to my friend because I had a remote control that um, was didn't have the batteries were dead. And God forbid that I should manually turn the TV channels every time I want to switch stations. (laughs) And, you know, I'm not a caveman here. okay? (laughs) I I live in the age of technology and I am, by gosh, going to use it. So I said, by gosh, oh my God, that sounds so, okay, anyway. (laughs) um, But yeah, okay. (laughs) Gosh, gee, okay. But, um, I, I, my, my, my closet was open because I was searching for batteries and I, because I knew I had just bought some new batteries and I couldn't find them anywhere. And so I'm sitting talking to my friend and about 20 minutes into the conversation, a box that was sitting way, way, way in the back of the closet on top of the shelf, like pushed right against the wall. It doesn't just tip out and fall in the bottom of the closet. It shoots out of the closet. It flies eight feet, hits my bed, which stops its momentum, and then spills over. And in that box are all the batteries that I had bought. Hmm. And I tried it. I spent over an hour trying to recreate 
what was happening. I, I don't know how many times I placed it in there. I placed it precariously so that it would intentionally tip. I mean, everything that I tried, the most I could get it to do was just fall straight down inside the closet. I could never get it to actually shoot out of the closet and then land eight feet later. So that's when I started to think that something really odd was going on. And I still wasn't ready to make the paranormal leap until after my father passed away. And uh, he had been suffering with cancer for over 15 years. Mm-hmm. And he finally, you know, he had he passed away. And a month later, my mom and I, we weren't even thinking of any of those occurrences anymore because my grandma had just died before him a few months. And then he passed away a few months later. So our minds were elsewhere. And as we were starting to get back to kind of a sense of normalcy, my mom had bought a new uh, landline machine that had one of those digital voicemails instead of the ones where you put the little tiny tape inside. (laughs) And we were all excited because we felt like, you know, we were the first people on the block to not be analog. We were so cool. And we finally got this voice message. We were so excited. We saw the blinking and we're like partying like we just won the lottery because we were so happy. (laughs) And it did little things. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's amazing. I know. <laughs> and when I pressed play, it was all white noise. And then a few minutes into the white noise, we hear a voice. And my mom's jaw dropped and my jaw dropped. So we call my brother who works in the city. He was a police officer at the time in the city where we lived. And we asked him to come home on lunch. We played it for him without telling him what we heard. And his jaw dropped. So then... We call my other brother. My other brother comes running home, and we play it without telling him. And his jaw drop. We're all sitting there like agape. And finally, someone speaks up and says, that's dad's voice, and he's saying I love you. And then right after my dad's voice, clear as a bell, it was my dad. Right after his voice was another male voice that said something about a light, like something like, uh, there's the light. And then the message cut out, and all paranormal activity in the house ceased. And that was the moment I finally realized that there had to be something more going on that can't be explained by natural means. Because a landline phone that's brand new, first time we've ever had digital, so there's not going to be any residual messages. And my dad never said, I loved you on voicemail, because he always believed you should say it in person. But there's my dad saying, I love you. And another man saying something about a light. And then nothing happens in our house ever again after that moment. So... That's when I started to kind of think things differently, and I actually became a paranormal investigator. That's quite the jump, hey? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, when something slaps you upside the head, I mean, you know, you're not going to wait for it to beat you down before you finally listen. I mean, one slap upside the head was enough to kind of wake me up. Right, right. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty big, too. It's just like something falling off your mantle. Well, exactly, yeah. It's a little bit more. And so... When that, okay, so previously, now, how did you feel about that? As in, like, um, so you didn't really have any sort of paranormal, then that happened, and it changed you, and you said that ceased. After that, that was it, so you had That no was more. it for there. Yeah, no more experiences at that house. Um, it was, in my theory, and again, this is just a theory, I, I don't know for sure, but I think whatever spirit found its way into our home, whether my brother bought it from Gettysburg, or sometimes, you know, a lot of times spirits are there. There's a theory that a lot of these spirits are like us. They're human spirits. They're intelligent spirits. And we travel all around. There's nothing to say that a spirit is attached to a place where they can't travel. 
And either it was brought by my brother or it traveled and then found our home and realized that my dad wasn't long for the world because he died very shortly after this started to happen. And maybe he just wanted to wait until my dad passed because maybe he thought, well, her dad will know how to pass over because I can't. Or maybe he thought, well, I'm ready to pass over now and I can go with her dad and help him along the way and help him with the transition. Um, I don't know which it was. I don't even know if that really is what happened. But it just seems odd that at that moment there are two voices, my dad's and an unknown male voice, and then everything just stops as if nothing had ever happened in the house before. Right. And and there's probably some connection. It's just really yeah. hard to to really know what. Well, exactly, and that's what the paranormal is. I mean, if if the paranormal wasn't paranormal, it would be a science, and a lot of us would be millionaires because we'd have it explained, and we'd have the proof of what it is, and it, we wouldn't need to be researching like this like we do. But the paranormal is paranormal, and right now we can't say anything 100% definitively. Yeah, I think I think that's it. So did, do you have, without being too strict, but did you have any religious views beforehand and did it in change afterwards? Like, um, like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, did it yeah. make, oh, yeah. does no, it make no. a difference? Or did, <laughs> well, cause, you know, I've, you know, I've been through the gamut here, cause I've, I've sure. seen, seen and talked to people that, um, um, are very religious and, uh, to people that exactly have, you know, Satanists and yep. non-religious and atheists. And so when I and when I'm talking with everybody, it seems like there's quite an opposing view, yeah. <laughs> you know. And in fact, uh, uh, one was uh, uh, was a little bit. It can be a little offensive almost sometimes because I know to- I, when I was talking to Tony Vespa, I believe his name was. He's the one that runs uh, the Warrens uh, Paranormal yeah. Group. Um, he was like, "Well, if if you're not." Uh, Christian or religious, we won't even let you be an investigator. Yeah, it, like you couldn't, you can't be if you don't believe in God. And I thought, well, you know, just twenty years ago, religious, most religious, like Christian and Catholic religions, would not even they thought you were part of the devil if you were looking yeah. for ghosts. You know, and there's still there's still some religions that are like that. When I was researching. Uh, the paranormal. I've been researching for a second book, and I also researched for this book. I did reach out to a lot of clergy, and I talked to um, a rabbi, and I uh, talked to um, a, uh, a, pr- a couple priests, actually, because I am Catholic. Right. And I reached out to uh, Baptist ministers, and, and, and at least the ones that I spoke to were just like, they they were like ready to hold a crucifix up to me and damn me back to hell. <laughs> you know, I mean, they were they were not very nice about my question. And my question was simple, like, well, what are your theories on the paranormal? I wasn't asking like, you know, you must believe in ghosts because ghosts exist. I just wanted to know their views. And if they don't believe in it or if they think it's all evil, why? I mean, that's all I wanted to know. But they were just, they told me that I need to repent. And I'm sitting here like, I'm a Catholic. I go to church every Sunday. I sing at church. I'm a cantor, you know. I, I, I I'm like, geez. I, I say my rosary every night, and I, you know, and I, I, I pray the Divine Mercy. I mean, how much more repenting can I do? What <laughs> more? Well, and that's kind of the confusing thing on that too, because when I hear that, and when I get challenged on that sort of thing, I'm thinking, well, then 
uh, you know, I'm really confused about that. I, yeah. I'd rather just be transparent. Like, okay, so if, if you believe in, in, and you practice a religion and you don't believe in ghosts, that's fine. Yeah, and I mean, that's exactly what I wanted to know. I didn't want them to like tell me what I wanted to hear. What I really wanted to hear was, well, if you don't believe in spirits, well, what do you think of the paranormal, of what's happening nowadays with like ghost hunters on television and people coming forward saying that they've had these experiences? What do you think these experiences are? Do you think they're psychological? Do you think they're demonic? I, I just wanted to honestly know, but they literally would not touch it with a 10-foot pole. What do you think that was more political as in, you know, maybe the, the, the voice of the church has to stay under one common, you know, like if, if. And it could be, you know, like I said, there's some people in various different, and this was, and people always ask me, do I like or do I dislike what the shows on TV do to the paranormal community? And one thing that I do really like about these television shows like Ghost Adventures, oh God, I never thought I'd say that, oh. um, and, and Ghost Hunters, <laughs> the one thing, the one thing I, I joke about Zach Bagan so much and I get ragged on so hard for doing it, but he makes it so easy. But, well, um, <laughs> listen, I'll tell you, um, they will not, I've had everybody on my show from Haunting to Australia to Dead Files to, yeah. and they are the one show that will not, because I, I yeah. rag on them too. And not so much, you know, and I don't really, personally, I don't think they're any ber better or worse than any no. of the others. I just, um, it's just, w with that, it's just a little bit too much about the hair and the clothes. It's, and that's the what style. I was going to say. It's, it's the hair, it's the muscle shirts, it's, yeah, you know. It's, it's a little bit too much fashion. It's the demonic possessions every single episode. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, and the thing is, it just more obvious to me, and, yeah. and I guess in in the big big part of that is it is entertainment. Exactly, and I mean, you know, more power to him. But I make fun of him a lot, and I don't feel bad about it. But you know, no, <laughs> it, it 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 brings more attention to the show. Exactly, and you know what? He loves it because, like you said, it brings more attention to the show. It's more publicity for him anyway. So, but the one thing I do like about those shows is that there were people who were so scared of the stigma of having paranormal activity that they wouldn't come forward. They would just suffer in silence or they would try to move and get away from it. They just, they didn't want to seek help because especially in certain religious communities, they'd be shunned right. and they didn't think that there was help out there for them. So they would just suffer in silence. But shows like this have, given them an outlet where they can go for very private and confidential help where they don't have to but a lot of it still is in some communities a religious stigma well, and so they are afraid to come forward because of religious reasons well i th i think that's going to take a long time to oh grow. yeah yeah i mean cuz no matter what cuz even look at in the us there's still a huge problem i don't know if that's the right word but there's still a, a huge part of people in in a core s strong religion that won't they yeah. don't want change and they don't oh no want yeah that. I mean you know and I don't, I'm not even saying putting it down but I'm just saying that what it is is they're not really open to much movement yeah. much change they want they want things to stay a certain way and it, if yeah. anything in a way I kind of respect that in a way uh, I don't agree with it but I certainly respect it because oh sure a lot of the mainstream church is kind of um, in common has changed, you yeah. know, because now you can be a ghost hunter in some, and yeah. you, you can, you know, God, you know, I'm, and I look at um, marriage, and I look at some of the things like God, you know, I remember being young, mm -hmm. a long time ago, <laughs> <laughs> but in the 60s, where um, my older sister, uh, at 16 she was, 
and uh-huh. uh, must have been early 70s, and she got pregnant. Yeah. And, of course, she wasn't married. She was in school. But they sent her away. Yeah. And you know how bad that was, you see, back then. I mean, to to have a child out of wedlock. Yeah, yeah. And, and how it was so not the right thing. And now it's commonplace. Yeah. And I'm not. I'm not even putting it down. I'm not making an opinion one way or the other. I'm just saying. Oh, sure. That, yeah, it's that's how, how it's, things change. Yeah. And just how it's changed. Like you know, um, just in 20 years, and and now people, you can have five baby daddies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, what I think about religion is, and and this is again, this is just for me. This is only an opinion. But oh, for me, religion is supposed to be there. I, I don't think that they should change their morals based on convenience. I think, you know, if they have a certain moral and that's, you know, because God isn't supposed to be convenient. There's supposed to be sacrifices made for God. But, um, and if that's not right for you, I'm not saying that's bad. If you want to be atheist, you know, you're atheist. But, you know, if, if being a Catholic isn't right because, you know, they have this thing where you're not supposed to have premarital sex and you're supposed to not have abortions. And if that's not right for you, then, you know, there are other options to look into. But don't try to make the church change for you because there are other Christian religions that are more accepting of certain things. And so I kind of respect some people when they stick to their, whether or not you agree with them, exactly. whether or not you agree, yeah. but, if, but the fact that they don't change to be convenient for people because they believe that you're supposed to change for God. Um, but that being said, I actually found the Catholics were the most open to me um, when I was doing uh, my research. In fact, I talked to a lot of priests who had paranormal experiences. And we're not just talking about demonic experiences where they're doing exorcisms or, you know, house cleansings of potentially infected homes. But we're talking about a priest who actually had an experience where he went to a home and he was doing what he calls the blessing of the home, trying to re- release a spirit that was potentially in the house bothering people. And when he invoked the name of Jesus, he actually heard something phantom saying, amen, amen. And then it was like everything just kind of lifted out of lifted out of the room and then all of the paranormal activity in that home stopped from that point on. And he said, well, he always assumed that ghostly activity was always demonic. And why would a demon actually say amen, amen, which is I be- amen is basically I believe in what you're saying. I believe in the word of God. I believe in Christ. I accept it. And he's like, well, why? So now he has a theory that in Catholicism, we believe in a place called purgatory. And that's a place where you die in God's grace, you can go to heaven, but you want to cleanse your soul of venial sins to make yourself pure. Well, we know heaven is above us. We know hell is below us. Where is purgatory? Could a lot of the spirits that are here stuck in this realm be souls that are still in purgatory trying to find a way to cleanse themselves of venial sins? And that's one of his uh, theories is that some of the intelligent hauntings that we have are possibly souls in purgatory. And again, it's a theory. It's not something that he's able to prove. It's not something that, you know, I'm able to prove, but it's something that was worth looking into as one of the many theories of why ghosts are here. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's just so many ways to go, but yeah. I mean, that's great. It's just being open with it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just strange. So how did it work? Like, so before this happened and you had, um, your, your siblings there out ghost hunting. Yeah. <laughs> and so you were sort of not really 
Uh, not really interested. Not really interested. <laughs> how did that work for you, you guys? Like, how was how was the relationship? Did you kind of just kind of roll your eyes, or were you just kind of rolled my eyes a lot, or just listened to their stories and nodded without saying much? But you just um, kind of thought, well, yeah, whatever. Just kind of thought, like, oh, sure. Well, my grandma even had a paranormal experience, or what she thinks is a paranormal experience, and and to this, you know, up to her passing, she firmly believes that she saw a ghost. And I would just like listen to my, cause my grandma loved to tell the story over and over. And I would just sit there and nod and smile and just not <laughs> say anything. <laughs> but, um, you know, and I had all these theories in my head that cause she saw a woman in a white gown, very pale, floating over the reeds. Um, and you know, she could see her, the tops of her toes just brushing along the reeds as she's gliding by. And I'm thinking, it's probably just some nutbag that's running out there in her nighty, just, you know, <laughs> and just jumping and leaping and running and, you yeah. know, maybe having some kind of a mental breakdown. And, my, and, you know, my grandma's just seeing like a little piece of it. And, you know, so I had those thoughts in my head. But now I kind of think, well, what if my grandma did see something, you know, and all this time I was just dismissing her because I didn't want to believe it because I couldn't bring myself to believe it. And all these stories of my friends that I just dismissed as crazy, well, maybe they're not so crazy after all. Yeah. Or, or, or maybe you are crazy now. I've had a lot of people tell me I'm crazy and worse. So <laughs> who knows? Maybe well, they're all right. <laughs> so there, there you go. You might. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. That um, is, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy. So that's what it counts. <laughs> that's all that matters, right? Yeah. And now, so you went into now research. So you've taken this from having a... Uh, uh, from a skeptical point of view to um, having some things happen yeah to writing a book yes and well actually i mean it wasn't it wasn't just having things happen and then writing a book i've actually been doing this for over a decade now researching the paranormal and I just took some of my favorite cases from over a decade to write the book about. But um, I've actually been doing lots of paranormal investigations across the country for 10 years. Well, actually, yeah, going on 15 or no, 10, going on from 10 years to 15 years. Yeah, that's, <laughs> no, going on from going on to 11 years. I got to learn how to count again. I got to go back to kindergarten. Um, yeah, um, it's almost going to be uh, 11 years next year. So I, I've been doing this for quite a long time. And a lot of the stories that you're going to see in Ghost in the Coal Cell are combinations of some of my most favorite cases like Mackinac Island and Mission Point Resort. Um, and then there's one in Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin called the First Ward Schoolhouse. There's a private investigation of a family that had a spiritual problem. And, um, you know, so these are all things that are some of my favorite cases that I wanted to share. And I wanted to share it in kind of a different way for people so that they could enjoy it and feel like they're paranormal investigators with me on a case. Oh. So now where do, where do you investigate? Like, do, are you just doing uh, uh, local kind of like people like uh, residential or are you doing more um, kind of old haunted commercial places? I do a combination of both. I do a lot of the private investigations. Um, it's not just local. I I tend to kind of travel around like where I live. I go to Wisconsin, Minnesota. I, I travel around the states that border my area. But if somebody called me from like South Dakota and they wanted, because I've been in it for 10 years and they're a relatively new group and they wanted me to come in and kind of show them what I do, you know, I'll travel out there and I'll help them out with an investigation as well. Um, I also do like the commercial places, like the First Word Schoolhouse and Mission Point Resort and the theater there are all commercial places. They're 
um, once a schoolhouse that's also like kind of like a historical thing now where people could come in and see the history of the area. And the theater is where um, Amakinaw Island is. Uh, I don't know if you know Somewhere in Time. It's like an 80s movie with uh, Christopher Reeves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he filmed there. So, I mean, this is like a very public thing where people still come in to come and look at the history there. And, and there's a lot of things that happen there as well that I've done investigations for. So I kind of like, I try to get wherever I can possibly get just so that I can use the little bits and pieces that I learned to try and further my research. I don't want to limit myself to just doing this or to just be one of those who, you know, goes to commercial places or famous places and ignores the people that are, you know, needing help with paranormal issues in their private homes. You know, I want to make sure I'm involved in everything because that's how I learn more about the paranormal and I further the research one step each time I go to somewhere different. Yeah. Well, that must have been a real haunted place because that was a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. Oh. I thought it was sweet. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was a very sweet movie. Yeah. Aw. And in the end, he dies. Oh, well, I should have said spoiler. Sorry. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's a spoiler. It's like yeah, thir- 30 years ago. Or so. That's a little yeah. long now. A little long now. Yeah. Do you have a preference between one or the other? Or do, it just doesn't matter? You're just trying to help people and... Well, I really like going to the private investigations because I like to help people. You know, I mean, when people want it and they're helping me as much as I'm helping them because I would have nothing to research if they wouldn't come forward and ask for my help. So that's why a lot of us paranormal investigators do this for free because we're getting something out of it as much as they are. We're trying to find them answers. And in the meantime, we're using them to research the paranormal. But I love to go into these places where people have the same kind of experience that I had when I first got kind of like baptized by fire. And I want to try and like calm their fears. I want to try and everything that I didn't have at that time, I want to try to be for them. And so I do like to do private investigations, but sometimes like investigations of big places like the theater, it is so fun because that theater, and I detail it in my book, um, there is a ghost named Harvey and a little ghost named uh, Lucy. And even though I've, I've been back a couple times since writing my book, and I just have the most fun interactions with them. <laughs> so, um, you know, like I had a rubber ducky story. And I mean, there's, it's fun. I mean, these are fun interactions. And so I do like to do things like that. But I also love the private investigations just because I'm helping people where I was when I first had my experience and now I could be there for them when I didn't have anybody because I didn't know that paranormal investigative groups actually existed at that time. Yeah. Is there a place that, that um, has stuck out for you as being the, the most, um, I don't want to say the most haunted, but it just stuck out. Um, it stays with you. I think one of the places that stays with me is actually in the book, and it's the first word schoolhouse. That's actually where the title of the book, The Ghost in the Coal Cellar, came from. It was actually from the coal cellar in the First Word Schoolhouse where a lot of the paranormal activity happened, and a lot of it was not necessarily pretty. Um, we're not talking about Casper the Friendly Ghost at that place. And it, it was not exactly... Um, it was not exa- it was for me as an investigator it was fantastic but there were some people that were there it was a fundraiser for the schoolhouse and they had um an investigation going on they were showing people what it's like to do investigations and what it's like to live at a haunted place and there were two people there a big burly man and his wife that were 
absolutely traumatized by what happened in that coal cellar. And, um, you know, for me, it was like awesome. For them, it was like, I am getting the heck out of here. I want nothing to do with this place. This place is bad. And, yeah. and they literally, I mean, they never came back either. They didn't come back for the next day of investigations even. Um, but yeah, there was that place really stuck out. That's where I saw a full body apparition. That's where I was choked. It's where um, I, I had scratches and other people had scratches. And so it was a very interesting, active place. Wow. Sounds yeah. like a party. <laughs> it was. It was a great, it was really interesting, especially when you're getting choked as you're sitting there and, and you're trying not to freak out everybody else who aren't paranormal investigators. They're just there out of curiosity and you don't want to like traumatize them. And, and you're sitting there like, like choking and not breathing and you're like oh god this this lady's so a nut <laughs> exactly and i'm saying i'm trying to just look all composed but my I'm, I'm getting more and more pale hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little so naturally when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you that's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. As I'm sitting there, people are asking if I'm okay, and I can't even say yes or no because I can't breathe. And, yeah, so that was an interesting place. So is there any place that you want to go that you haven't been to yet? Is there, like, a desire to go someplace you've heard about? You know, I mean, there's. I still really, really want to go. And I know it's up for sale right now, but um, I, I would like to go to the um, – 
Oh my God, I'm having a total brain fart. Uh, Lizzie Borden's house. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was going to say, where, where is that? <laughs> the brain fart I, castle. Oh my God, it's, it's, it's this winter, I'm telling you. Uh, but no, I'd like to go to the Lizzie Borden bread and breakfast. Um, I know it's up for sale, so I don't, I, I have to look in to see if it's even active right now, because they're, you know, if anybody wants to go in on it with me, it's like $600,000, you know, and I, I've got like about, Three hundred dollars I could put towards it if anybody, <laughs> if anyone else wants to help me buy it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but, there you um, go. Just put it on your charge card. Yeah. Just put it exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I would really love to go there. Um, and uh, there's a lot of. Pl- I mean, gosh, I, I even. Oh God, here I go again with Zach Bagans. But <laughs> I'd actually like to go to that house that he's supposedly uh, doing a documentary about. Um, that one in Indiana that's supposedly demonically possessed or there's like demons that are in that house and, and he's trying to, you know, he's making a documentary about it. It was that one family where a lot of demonic things were happening and the cops came and they took a picture and there's actually, um, some kind of an apparition in the window and he bought it off of them because they got out of there and they didn't want nothing to do with it. They had, uh, while he was actually investigating, somebody got possessed and they had to have an exorcism performed right there to, you know, kind of get it off their spirit and, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily believe it a hundred percent, but I'd really love to get out there and just see it for myself. But yeah, kind of yeah. helps if you. It, I have got a weird, morbid curiosity about that place. Well, I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, and then you can pick up some hair techniques from. That. Exactly. You know. You know. I make fun of him, but you know, he does have good hair. He does. <laughs> he does have. You know. I mean, it's got to cost him a pretty penny with all that hair gel. I mean, he must have to use like three or four cans an episode. So yeah, but you know, he's got the money now. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess that, that other guy uh, left the show too. Eh? Yeah, Nick. Nick left the show. Um, he's actually, I think, working on Ghost Stalkers. I think he produces that that new show. And yeah. from what I hear is, I don't get the channel, and I'm too cheap to actually buy the channel from my cable provider. Um, but I hear it's really good. I mean, a lot of my friends see it and they said it's an excellent show. So, um, yeah, so, well, yeah, I, so ha- I haven't seen it. I'm them. not in a rush. I, you know, yeah. if I catch it, I, I will, but I, I, I sort of think they've all become, um, how do I say they've got a formula to them Yeah. and they all have the same formula and yeah. I don't see much different in them other than the oh, characters. Yeah. I'd like to see something that's a little more unique and a little more like, except for, you know, I love Factor Faked. You know, that was a really good show. I like the way they kind of went through all of the different experiments to try and see if they could find rational explanations. Uh, I liked Ghost Hunters because, I mean, they were the forefront of the paranormal uh, industry where, I mean, that was unique back then. And then everyone kind of started to copy them. But um, I really liked this one show. I think it was Paranormal Paparazzi. Oh. Was I saw like two episodes. It's, they run it like TMZ. Oh. <laughs> and it's actually, it was kind of interesting, but I think it got canceled. Oh. But uh, yeah, but they were, they were unique. They had, a, they had a new tag. So yeah, got to yeah, give them credit. I like something that's a little different or they have a yeah. different angle and, and that. But, you know, everything else, it all sort of runs into each other the same. Exactly. And I just don't like it when uh, they sort of come up with their theories as if they're fact. Yeah, like yeah. This is what it is, has to be, and this is how you do. This is how you hunt. This is how you do it. Exactly. And there's just no other um, way. Like, they become the authority on it. Well, yeah. And see, that's why I like to – I call myself the lone investigator 
It doesn't mean that I'm stupid enough to go out there and investigate by myself. <laughs> I would never put myself in that kind of a position. What I mean by lone investigator is that I don't have my own paranormal group. What I do is I travel around the country and I go from group to group, not because I you know, want to say, hey, you know, I just want to investigate. I also want to learn from them. I want to see what their techniques are. I want to see what their opinions are because that helps me in my, like, you know, I could test it. I could see, does this work for me? Do I still believe it after using their techniques? And it helps me grow as a paranormal investigator. Because this is paranormal, you can't say you're an expert. Because it's, you know, it's the paranormal. We don't have answers for the paranormal yet. We still don't know what are ghosts. We don't 100% know that for sure. I mean, maybe all ghosts are demonic. Maybe ghosts are just some kind of like a psychic energy around us. Or maybe they're actually dead people that are, you know, kind of like roaming around in our bathrooms and watching a shower. I don't know. You know, so I can't say that I'm an expert at this, at this kind of thing if I don't have those kind of answers. So I never say, this is how you do an investigation. When I have people follow me or like shadow me on an investigation, I say, this is how I do it. And now if you don't like the way I do it or if you're curious how other people do it, ask other groups to shadow them and see what they do and then find out what works for you. That's what is most important. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think it's hard to be a, an authority or standard like this is what is because there isn't, there isn't a fact. No, there, there's nothing that we can, if, if there was something that we could pinpoint and say it's a fact, it would then be a science. It would no longer be paranormal. And that person who discovered it would be a multimillionaire. And God in heaven, I hope it's me one day, but <laughs> I highly doubt it. Well, keep, keep on working there. That's yeah. like, uh, so what do you find you use for tools, let's say, of the trade? Tools of the trade, tricks of the trade. Well, you know, uh, like, <laughs> that too. Or like, what do you, what, what do you use yourself? Um, or find that you, you've like, or you kind of yeah. think, well, this is helpful. Well, I'm still a paranormal investigator on a budget. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, you're not going to find me with equipment that costs anywhere from 5000 to $25,000. But whenever I start, especially if there are new groups that are just starting and they want to know where to go, I always say the most important things that you should have in your arsenal is your eyes, your ears, all of your wits, I mean, don't drink before you go, don't, you know, do drugs before you go. You know, you want to be completely coherent when you're there. You want to have all of your wits about you. A good recorder, um, you could get a really good recorder for like under 50 bucks. You know, you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars on a recorder to get a really good recorder. Um, a good camera is always a plus and a good video camera. Those are the biggest things that budding investigators because like you know everyone wants to do the k2 meter because you know the k2 meter is so popular thanks to ghost hunters uh, a lot of people want to do the mel meter a lot of people want to do uh all the new things that are coming out like i have an electroscope now which was created by a paranormal investigator and it works based on static electricity but like i say a those can be very pricey depending like the mel meter i i couldn't find a mel meter under 100 bucks when i first bought one um, so they could be a little more pricey. They could be a little more expensive. And the problem is, unless you know how to do like scientific experiments, and I know people don't like the word scientific, but I, I mean, they're experiments and you're actually experimenting. I mean, people didn't know that the earth was round until there were experiments that finally proved it. Wait, but, the, um, the world's round? Yeah, hey, it's not flat. But you know, there I mean there are people that would look at the at the round earthers and think that they were nuts until it was finally proven. 
But, uh, you know, and unless you actually know how to do these kind of experiments where you're like, let's say you have a green light that lights up for yes and you have a red light that lights up for no. And if you're getting the green light for all the yes questions and you ask no questions and you're getting the red light, well, then you switch and you say, well, now the green light is no. And then you ask, you know, you do these kind of different experiments. But if you don't know how to do them properly and you're spending so much time like, okay, light up if the answer is this. Light up if, and you're not looking around you and you're not listening around you and you're not focusing on, you're just focusing on that light. You are missing so much. So I always say when you're first into investigating, heighten your senses. Get your senses so that you know that if you see something out of the corner of your eye, you look. You don't just pay attention to the light. You actually turn your head and you look. So get your sight going. Get your hearing going. Get your sense of smell going. Because oh my gosh, I've smelled so many nasty things. Most of it Taco Bell. Yeah, I was but, <laughs> but, but you know, who sometimes you're with, right? yeah, sometimes there there have been odd like I, I in in one of the investigations I actually did for Ghost in the Coal Cellar. One of the smells that we actually smelt was something on fire, and that particular building was on fire at one time. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there, you have to kind of like be able to see things and hear things and smell things before you throw in all of the, what I call bells and whistles. Yeah. I mean, and like, you know, the K2 meter is, can be a great tool if you use it right. And the Mel meter can be a great tool if you use it right, but they're bells and whistles. Those are things that you can come after you're used to using your own senses. Yeah. And that's my favorite thing. I mean, I love myself. I think I'm awesome. And so, of course, I am my very first and most favorite uh, piece of equipment on an investigation. So, well, you know, you're, you're, well, and your own mind. Your own In my mind, own mind, I'm awesome. Yeah. Well, and your own mind and senses are, are yeah. just as good as an electronic item that that reacts. Exactly. Yeah. Right? I mean, we don't know any uh, for sure why it reacts anyway. Exactly. You know, and when I, and like I said, when I use it, what I'll do is I'll take a light. One color is going to mean yes. One color is going to mean no. And I'll ask a bunch of yes questions that I know are yes. Like, am I a girl? Are we inside? Like, are we in the house or are we in a building? And obviously the answer should be yes if I'm indoors. And um, are you here? Like, obviously, are you here? If you're there, you're going to say yes. Well, then what I will take and then I'll do no questions. I don't want to see that yes box lighting up. I want to see the no box lighting up. Then after I'm done with and I, and I get the results I want, I'll switch it. I'll take one light and I'll say, okay, this light is now no. So if the answer is no, I want you to light this up and I'll ask the same type of questions. Well, if there's lighting up randomly and they just answered no, but now they're answering yes, well, then I could kind of toss those out. So, I mean, I, I do use them, but I don't make them my all investigation. Yeah, it's not the total. Yeah. And, well, and you don't want me being the ghost because I'd be screwing you up. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what you're saying, I'm changing yeah, back and forth. Exactly. <laughs> Are you a girl? No. Are you here? No. Yeah, and then I'll say yes. <laughs> That's what I oh, would yeah. do. I really would. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, that would be fun. I'd be having a great time. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> make it make it entertaining, you know. I <laughs> may as well. Make any waste. Wow. So uh, <laughs> it's better than being pantsed. I mean, yeah. I've known investigators that have been pantsed. So, <laughs> yeah. well, I'd want them to keep coming back. So I'd be doing that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you 
Where do you see now? You had the Weather Weather Channel documentary thing, hey? Oh God, I no. don't even want to talk about that. I I am so mad at the Weather Channel. I could just spit, and I'm a girl, so I don't spit very often. But I could spit. Well, throw throw something at them. How's that? Yeah. What what, what was the deal with that? So they sort of changed the outcome or something? Well, no, they didn't really change the outcome. And I agree with their consensus at the end. But the problem is, okay, I was approached, and I'm not blaming the Weather Channel. I shouldn't blame them. It's actually lies on um, the studio, Pioneer TV. Right. And um, they had approached me because I was doing research of the Paulding Lights for the book, Ghost in the Coal Cellar. And I have videos of the Paulding Lights that I posted on YouTube, um, and they had seen it and asked, well, we're having, we're doing the show. Is there a possibility we can talk to you about your experiences, and can we use some of your video? So I actually made a very long list. You know, I explained. I said, first off and foremost, I am a paranormal investigator. I do have a book that I would love to plug on the show, which they obviously didn't let me do. So right there, they lost my... <laughs> But no, but I, you know, I said, I'm a paranormal investigator and the Paulding Lights is very seated into the history of this location. And I don't want to participate if this is going to be one of these, well, people who believe that it's paranormal are stupid and here's why. You know, I didn't want to participate in something that was going to make, you know, embarrass or humiliate the people of the area who believe in the Paulding Lights. I mean, I did not want to do that. And then secondly, I said that I took a high power telescope. And just like they did, I was able to see car lights. I was able to make out sedans. I can make out semi-trucks. I can make out pickup trucks. You could even make out the headlights in the pitch black darkness. I mean, there is 100% without a doubt, some of the phenomena that people think are the Paulding lights are actually car lights. But here is some of the other experiences I had. And then I explained about two balls of light, um, red light, one big, one small, that was not even maybe about 50 to 100 feet away from where we were standing, broad daylight. So you could tell, like, if it were a car or if it were a bike, you, you'd be able to see in broad daylight what, 100 feet away. And there were no paths where they came from. It was all dense woods, and it just came down, glided down a really steep drop-off, and then shot back into the other side of the woods. And the one, the big one, stopped for the small one, like a mama bear waiting for a baby bear. And then once the small one caught up, they took off. Then there was another case where there was a green ball of light that was standing on top of my foot. Now, if that were a car, my foot would be crushed. <laughs> I, you know, I would be, you know, probably have a prosthetic leg right now. Because it was actually, you could see it on my boot. It was casting a glow on my boot and on the snow around it. It was a big, probably, I would say maybe slightly bigger than a baseball. And all of a sudden, it just kind of disappeared on its own. And I explained that I did look into weather phenomenon, like the corpse candle, which also was called the will-o'-the-wisp. I looked into ball lightning, but I couldn't explain it as any of those phenomena for various reasons. And I explained the reasons why. And then I also provided them with electro voice phenomenon that I had captured at the actual location. I had some EVPs that were very interesting and that kind of went around some of the legends, especially uh, the Native American legends from the area, because I had actual chanting, which sounded like like a powwow chanting, like Native American vocalizations. And I, I shared that with them as well. So I said, I understand you want to take a scientific approach, but I would also like you, like, if you want to, like, point out the the cars, please at least say something like, um, 
you know, that mystery solved, but there are other mysteries at the lights that still need to be maintained. That way you still have your credibility and you're not, you know, just slapping the face of the people that live in that area. And they did exactly the opposite of what they promised me they would do. And in fact, I was out there for two hours. And for those that actually saw the episode, I was wearing next to nothing. It was 32 degrees and I was wearing a light sweater because God forbid I looked bad on TV. I was more, it was more important that I looked good than I actually was. I had frostbite afterwards. And so they had me out there for two hours explaining the paranormal angle, explaining the ball lightning and the two lights that came and the light on my foot and, you know, how I thought maybe it's the will of the wisp, but it wasn't and all the EVPs and all this other things. And I think I threw the name of my book in there like 10 times and all I got was five seconds where they called me the most devoted follower or the most dedicated follower. I'm not a follower. I was just there to research the lights, okay? I'm not somebody in, like, a black cloak holding a candle going, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm actually, like, hello, paranormal research is a legitimate field of research already, you know? I mean, come on already. But, um, you know, so I was there to research it. I wasn't there to worship it. Oh. And, uh, but they made, but they, you know, they, they're like, I'm the most dedicated follower. And... That's, and then they say that I'm a local um, investigator and, and an author. And they couldn't even mention my stupid book. I, well, not stupid. It's a great book, guys. I just, <laughs> it's well, a great that's book, your guys. Other book. The, <laughs> yeah, that was my other book. This book is good. No, but they couldn't even mention the name of the book. And, and then they did the exact thing that I didn't want to participate where they said 100% and, you know, the mystery is solved. The Paulding lights are nothing but car lights. And that is not true. Yes, there are car lights, but there are other lights there that we have not yet been able. I can't say they're paranormal, but I can't say they're not. I mean, we have to do more study of the Paulding lights. And for them to dismiss the two red lights in broad daylight 100 feet away and the green light that was sitting on my foot and dismiss that as a car is actually, it's, it's just dismissive. It was, uh, and, and so then I called and I, I voiced my dis, you know, dislike about it to uh, Pioneer TV and they just basically brushed me off and said that they didn't feel that I was misled and uh, I just have to basically deal with it. So I said, you know what? I'll deal with it. I'm going to go on TV and, you know, and, on the, and on the radio and I'm going to tell everybody about that, how that's crap. Yeah. <laughs> well, and so here I am, guys, it's crap. Yeah, well, you know, I, again, it's, it's coming back to that where, you know, the uh, different networks or channels or sh- that are yeah. one thing are kind of, jumping on whatever's popular so exactly you know you're the weather channel let's sell paranormal and like i said i i completely understand about that like first off they could have just said this mystery is solved but some say there are other mysteries that still need to be you know blah 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 and that would have been fine or just say well thank you for your time um but i understand your feelings but we're trying to go in a different way and then i didn't have to participate you know, because I told them that, well, I will participate as long as X, Y, and Z. And they assured me that X, Y, and Z would be met. And then they didn't. So it was kind of like they, they backdoored me a little bit. So I wouldn't have participated. And I would have been fine with that. If that's what they want to do, I'm fine with that. But then don't let me participate. Don't say that you're going to be, you know, reasonable and at least say, you know, it's not mystery solved. It's just this mystery solved. And then just say, hey, you know, the whole thing is solved. Stupid people that live there. So yeah. I was a little bit miffed about that because I was clear and I had the, I have the emails. Oh, and I proved on oh, Okay. But I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Put your I'm gun okay. down. It's okay. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not angry anymore. Nah. <laughs> Put your gun down. It's okay. Yeah. 
It's okay. No, I don't hold a grudge. No. 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 No, not at all. Well, I mean that, but that's okay too. I mean, I, they, they, that 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 stuff sort of happens. And yeah, and you know what? Like I said, I I poke fun of it lightheartedly. Like I'm not actually as mad as I say I am. But like I said, it, it would have been one thing if they either said mystery solved, but. Or if they just said, well, this is the where we're going with it, so you might not want to participate and not wasted, you know. I had to travel out there. I got myself a hotel room for two days. I was out there for two hours freezing my butt off because I wanted to look good and not dress warm. And uh, and then I just feel like my time was wasted. So I think that's the only thing that kind of aggravates me about that. Yeah. But did you have good hair? I had great hair. Well. Oh my god, I had fantastic hair. That and my is... <laughs> my my makeup was spectacular and you know my outfit was spot on. So. See? And that's all that so, matters. There was a, yeah, exactly. Good there. Zach hair. <laughs> you see? And that's Oh no, it. no, my hair was so far better than Zach's. Oh, oh he would have been jealous. Oh. Well, there you go. See? <laughs> Just jump past the, the travel network too and exactly. get right on to something else. I know, exactly. A&E, right by, you take over for that, uh, you know, June, June, Mama June. Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, but you can take over her time slot, right? Uh, got- I could take over her time slot, yeah, put something a little bit uh, better on there. Yeah, it wouldn't take much. Maybe <laughs> maybe bring the the learning channel back to the learning channel and well, actually yeah. put I something. Mean, doesn't that know? say it all? I mean, they yeah. call themselves the learning channel and it has that. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's just like MTV's the music television, and well, look, you know, Teen well, Mom. Played and... a video in years. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's just like, uh, you know, none of these. They're all just. There's so many channels with so many hours to fill. They're just putting everything yeah. on. They. Can. I think I'm gonna pull an Oprah, and I'm just gonna create my own station. <laughs> well, they're just yeah. There you go. Uh, but no, that's a lot of money. That is. Yeah, that is. Yeah. So if anybody wants to make a donation, my address. <laughs> yeah, is... call, call in now. Yeah, that's it. Wow, wouldn't that be nice if it was that yeah. easy? Well, get get yeah, get on her network. <laughs> so. You like to you say that you like to practice new techniques and all that. Yeah. What what is it? What is that that's different about that that you do? You know, like I just like to take things that are like fresh out there that people kind of poo poo, um, and say, "Oh, geez, that's another one of those you know gadgets that don't work." And I'm going to be like, "Well, how do you know they don't work if you don't try to use them?" And I'll take them in the field. And I'll give them a fair shot. I'll test them in various different ways. I'll I'll have different ways to use them. Like I'll use them the way they say it's supposed to be used, and then I'll just use them my way because I really don't care what people say, and I don't live by the rules. So I, I make my own rules. I live my own life. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, I so I test these things out that other people maybe aren't so willing to test out, or that people will test out being all excited because you know you have some of those groups that are excited that everything is haunted before they even get there to. So they think that every reaction you get from everything is paranormal. Yeah. And uh, so I just I test it where I'll do it the way they want to do it. I'll do it my way. I'll just get you know I just give it a fair shake. I'm not immediately going to say it works but i'm not going to poop on it and say it doesn't work and i say poop a lot don't i but uh <laughs> i'm not going to poop on it and say that it doesn't work i'm going to give it a fair shake and so i will go and i'll take some new even apps on the cell phones like you know on, on the new android oh, phones they yeah. have new apps yeah. um you know I, I do test them out some of the people that say that they're they're trying to come up with different like um they have a Oh, it's it's similar to like the the ghost box where you can actually have them pick words out and then they're supposed to speak them. I'll test it. 
I mean, I don't put a lot of validity in it, but I'm not going to just throw it out. I'll test it. You know, I'm willing to, you know, do whatever I can to see, does this work? Does this not work? And then give my opinion on it and move on to the next thing. What do you think of the ghost box? I have a hard time with it. (laughs) And I'm going to get, I have so many friends that love the ghost box. But to tell you the honest truth, I've used it a couple times where it's just so obvious that in in some situations, because whenever you get any moment of clarity, the radio is going to automatically stop. And, you know, like let's say you ask for a name and it stops and it sounds like it's saying Dan. Maybe it's not really Dan. Maybe it's the first word that belonged to something else. You're just having a moment of clarity. How can you trust something that is meant to scan until it finds a clear station and then stop? And even if you have it rigged so that it continuously scans and doesn't stop, it's still going to come through on a moment of clarity. So I, I don't know. I, I, I've been testing it. I've been using it. I've had some where I've actually heard cuss words that shouldn't be on the radio because of FCC regulations. Um, like poop? <laughs> you know, like poop or, yeah. or like, or like, like my, like I'll just do with the giggle, the F word, <laughs> you uh-huh. know, like, oh. you know, like, like I'm so like innocent and I never say that word ever. Well, really? <laughs> I never drop the F bomb ever, but you know, I'll hear like swear words that shouldn't be on the FCC, but then I have to ask myself, am I hearing it or am, is it just like some kind of like a moment of clarity coming in and it's so quick, but it just sounds like that. So I'm still testing it, but I don't really use it in my normal investigations unless I'm there for several days and I have a chance to use all sorts of different techniques that I can experiment with. Like on a private investigation, I generally don't use them. Okay. And what do you and now do you guys ever use mediums or any sort of psychic or a person that's um connected in any way? Me personally no. I mean I have friends that are psychic mediums and um and I know groups that do use psychic mediums or that they're psychic mediums that have started groups. It's just that I personally don't like go and seek them out and say, hey, can you come on my investigation? Because I'd like to pick your brain. Um, you know, it's it's you know, I, I have nothing against them, you know, because like I said, I have friends that are I just it just never really comes up. I just never really like hook up with a group that has psychic mediums and, you know, run with it. You know, I don't I won't use a Ouija board. That's one thing, a Ouija board, and I have a friend that's going to absolutely slam me when she hears me say that because she's a big um, advocate for the Ouija board. I just don't use them. That's just not my personal preference. You don't use it because you don't believe it? or I don't like to mess with it. I just, I don't. You know, a lot of people say, well, if you know what you're doing, well, how many people really do truly know what they're doing? You're opening, because with the Ouija board, the main purpose of the Ouija board was to open a door to the spirit realm. Like, I could be in my house. My house right now is not haunted, knock on wood. Um, you know, so I'd be opening a spirit world and inviting spirits who otherwise aren't here to join me and then use me and my physical body as a conduit to make the planchette move. Well, first off, I don't really feel comfortable inviting spirits to actually physically use me to make you know, the planchette move. And I also don't want to be inviting spirits haphazardly because I do believe in demons. This is my personal belief. I believe demons exist and I believe that they do look for invitations. And if you're actually asking a spirit that may not otherwise be there to join you, well, you know, a a demon might take that as an invitation and just come on in and wreak havoc in your life. And it's just something that I don't want to take the risk for. A lot of people do it. A lot of people never had experiences never had problems with it. It's just not something I want to risk. Well, 
it was a game originally. Yeah, it was a game. Um, but, you know, so is Russian Roulette. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's a game, too. I don't want to play it, but it's oh, a game. Oh, come on. <laughs> Have a little fun. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, you know, I mean, it's just a personal preference. I just, especially, I don't really know what I'm doing with the Ouija board. And so I would just be inviting all sorts of trouble. That's my personal belief. I know a lot of people who use the Ouija board that never have any issues in their entire life. But to me, the Ouija board is like spiritual Russian roulette. And I just don't want to take the risk that I'm going to have the loaded chamber. And it's just not something that I want to bring home to my family. I don't want to bring it home to my friends. You know, it's just so I just I don't deal with it. But with psychic mediums they're like I've actually worked with Scotty Rourke um, at the First Word Schoolhouse. Oh, he yeah. was there, and actually, he's such a great guy. He's so funny. He's so, you know, so, I mean, if they're there, I'll work with them, but I don't actually actively go out and seek groups to say, hey, do you have an investigator that's psychic because I want them? You know, if they don't have a psychic investigator on the group, I'm still going to work with them. You know, I don't actively say, I want one with me. If one's there, I'll, you know, they can come along. Like, hey, Scotty, you want to come on investigation? Yeah, you know, how much are you going to pay me to let you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but um, but I don't actively seek them out and say, well, I want a group that has one. You know, if you don't have one, I'll work with you. If you have one, I'll work with you. If you have a Ouija board, I won't work with you. <laughs> that's just that's just me. That's my personal. Like, like I said, don't hold that. You know, if that's not your thing, and if you love the Ouija board, and you know, go for it. But that's the Ouija board's just not my thing. Yeah, well, you know, that's that's what we do. We figure out what we like and what we don't exactly. like. Exactly. I mean, there's so many people that hate the K2 meter, but I've used the K2 meter, and I feel that I've been successful in some of my experiments with it. So, you know, I'm willing to take it on to take it with me on an investigation. So just like somebody would poop on the oh – God, I say that a lot. <laughs> but, you know, would just, you know, pass off on the um, K2, I pass off on the Ouija board. So that, that's just me. Yeah, well uh, – well, if it doesn't work for you or if it interferes with what you're doing. Yeah. So what are your influences? That's a corny question. I, I, don't, I don't do any drugs, so. Oh, <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, that, there's the problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, no, I mean, is there any influences in, in the business or, or um, any place that even outside of the paranormal business, uh, so to speak, um, is there anything that you really – that influences that get you going. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. Um, well, I mean, like, like, what kind of shows do you re watch, or books do you read, or things like that? Like, um, I watch a lot of cartoons, uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, and uh, and I'm serious. I, I watch a lot of SpongeBob Adventure Time on the Cartoon Network. Um, I love The Blacklist on uh, NBC. One of my favorite shows is Supernatural. I mean, I absolutely, and it has nothing to do with the paranormal field. I just, I really find that Jensen Ackles and uh, Jared Padalecki are hot. Oh, and geez. so it's worth watching just for that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I love Supernatural. I love The Blacklist. I mean, I used to love Monk, the um, obsessive compulsive detective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, those are the kind of, I mean, I just like those, those are my downtime. Those are my time to relax. But when it comes to actually, I love to be creative. I love to, that's why I love writing so much. And that's why I love paranormal investigation. Cause there's a lot of creativity and in investigations. Um, I love to paint and I love to share my experiences. I love to sit there and talk to people and listen to their experiences and share my experiences and see if we can meet together and find out if something could answer 
a question about something that we don't yet have an answer to. That's that's what I think what drives me the most is I want to be the one to try and help further the industry, further the research, and try to help find answers. Now, where do you see yourself going now? What, what's what's next? I'm going to Arizona and getting in some warm weather. <laughs> I'm <am> so cold. <laughs> I'm tired of snow. I'm tired of fog. I'm tired of cold. No, if I... One thing I'd really, and this is going to sound so goofy, but one thing I really do want to do is I want to write a paranormal investigative book for children. And it's not to indoctrinate children to become like ghost hunters or, you know, I'm not trying to do that. It's just for children who've had paranormal experiences because children are very susceptible to experiences because they don't have that taboo wall that's built up that says rationalize things away. They just accept things for what they are. And some of them have experiences. And hopefully one day they're going to be the future paranormal investigators that take over my job when, you know, I'm retired and living in Boca, you know, and, and, or no, actually Hawaii. When I'm, when I'm retired and living in Hawaii, I want someone to become an investigator and continue to try and find answers and take the paranormal and maybe one day move it towards a science. And so I'd like to write a book that explains to them that they're not alone, that they're not, they don't have to be afraid. And, you know, just kind of show them what, like, like if their parents are investigators or like I have nieces and nephews and they know I investigate and they probably wonder what that means. And one day when they're a little older, they can read this book that kind of teaches them what I do and that if you've had experiences, it's okay because it happens that other people have experienced it too. Hmm. Okay. And I want to write another book like Ghost in the Coal Cellar because I had so much fun telling people about my stories, about some of the best places. And I have so many new stories that I'd like to share. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So, tell people how they can get a hold of you, and uh, where where they can find your book. Well, I am on Facebook, of course. Everybody's on Facebook. Again, back to the spying on people. Um, <laughs> uh, my Facebook page is facebook.com backslash paranormal Ronin. That's all one word, and Ronin is R O N I N. It's very Japanese. I'm very big into Japanese. Um, so, paranormal Ronin. You can also find me at paranormalronin.blogspot.com. Um, and on the paranormalronin.blogspot.com, you have the link to my Facebook page, my Twitter page. I have a YouTube channel with webisodes about paranormal investigations. And, in fact, I'm making an episode right now about an actual investigation that I did. It's one of the first investigation episodes. So you can catch me there. Again, paranormalronin, R-O-N-I-N, dot blogspot, dot com. You can find my book, Ghost in the Coal Cellar, on Amazon.com, at BarnesandNobleBN.com, uh, Barnes & Noble. Everyone thinks I'm saying BM. So <laughs> I always want to preface it, BarnesandNoble.com, which is BN.com. Uh, you can go to Llewellyn.com, which is my publisher, or go to your local bookstore, and if they don't have it on the shelves, ask them to order it. That would be fantastic, but just get out there and buy it because the, the sales of my book is going to determine whether or not I can bring you some more awesome stories. Well, there you have it. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> that kind of says it all, doesn't it? It makes a great Christmas gift, people. <laughs> there you go. Order now. You're running out of time. <laughs> exactly. If you don't know what to get the paranormal lover on your list, Ghost in the Coal Cellar is perfect. <laughs> there, that's it. There you go. Add some <laughs> New Zach Hairgel. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's terrible. Oh, I get emails for this. Yeah. Oh, I know. I will too. I mean, there's inevitably going to be the one person on Twitter goes, "You're so mean to Zach." Yeah. Yeah, and. Yeah, he's a ghost hunter. Oh, I'm. 
I get those all the time. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> it's all in good fun, people. Lighten hey, up. You know what a really good thing I, I, I found is actually, um, have you seen, oh, God, now I can't remember. It's like a... Uh, Brain fart. Yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Ghost Lands, Ghost Lands, and it's on YouTube, and there's a website. It's okay. out of England, and uh, it's a really kind of new way of investigating. Not really, well, wh- kind of what they do is, it's totally, they've, they've separated, they have people that go and set up the cameras and do the, do that stuff, but that's not the investigator, so... Okay. They then so they just put people into it that have no idea. Sort of, it's sort of weird. Um, it's just kind of it's done really well. It's just it's worth yeah. a watch. Now, are you saying ghost lands or ghost lambs like L A M B S? I'm just I'm just trying to clarify that because I thought no. you said lambs. Ghost like the land, bah. land, L A M B S. And I know Dr. Okay. Karen O'Keefe is behind it. Okay, okay. I, I couldn't understand. At first I thought you said land, but then I thought you said bah, lamb. Like. Yeah, it's the same. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and, and uh, you could find uh, Dr. Karen O'Keefe is okay. the creator of it. And they've got just a really unique way of doing what they're doing. Like if you watch it, you'll know what I mean. Oh, okay. I, I was actually quite quite intrigued. It's, it was kind of a neat little thing. They have like two episodes done so far. So, now, do they actually use lambs in the episode? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> and they don't tell the lambs what's going on. Well, you know, I never knew if, like, maybe they just throw people in there and then give them, like, a lamb as a parting gift. Or That's it. <laughs> that's it. Well, you I have to do that for a second because I've always wanted a lamb. Well, that get on it, you know. Um, I was going to say, yeah, definitely it's worth a watch. I just, okay. I, I see a lot of things, and it was different. And uh, it was kind of good. You'll cool. see. You'll see. You'll watch it. And it's kind of interesting. Awesome. Yeah. And they're going into some unique places, too. So it's kind of good. It's a little different anyway. And nobody's got good hair. <laughs> and they're not wearing any designer clothes or anything like yeah. that. It's just sort of done. You know, they just kind of go in and do it. It's kind of nice. Yeah, that is nice. It's different. Well, it's just kind of fresh. It's taking it back to what it and that's what we need. We need fresh. We need to take it back. We need to kind of remember what the paranormal investigation was all about. It's not about the hair and the tan and and the formula. Like, you know, yeah. do, doing all this, and they have to have the screams and all that stuff. Going yeah, exactly. Over. Yeah, and people throwing rocks at them and stuff. Someone out in the corner, just like you can't see them. They're just ping, ping. Yeah, you know, all that sort of stuff. Well, that's the newest uh, thing with. Uh, your uh, uh, ghost, you know, Zach, because, you know, Aaron, the other guy. Yeah, yeah. They, f- they fired him, eh? No, um, Aaron is still with the show. That was actually a, um, oh, that's a rumor fake? that was going. That was fake. That was a rumor. He actually, at the time the rumor came out, he was actually overseas with Zach filming. Uh, oh. The only one that I know of so far that has decided to leave the show was Nick, and he did that of his own accord. He yeah, didn't he, actually get fired or anything. He so. wants to do his own thing. So. Yeah, so as far as I know, Aaron, uh, and Aaron's such a big teddy bear of a guy. I think he would be so awesome on his own show. Um, he's such a, he is a genuinely nice, nice guy, and uh, but he's still 
still with the show as far as I know. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. good. I mean, there's so much so much bad information on the internet. Yeah, I know. That's why I always have to go straight to the source and just make sure. So, like, if you ever hear that there are nudes of me out there anywhere, it's not true. <laughs> It'll be Nobody on wants site. to see that. <laughs> It'll Nobody be wants to say, I don't want to traumatize anybody, so <laughs> you're never going to see that. Don't worry. <laughs> It'll be on your site if it's anywhere. If it ever happened, it would be right on my site, exactly. Uh, and you can get her sex tape at... <laughs> <laughs> and she's with Tommy Lee. <laughs> KimKardashian.com. Yeah. Oh, and, and and she's oiled down. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, that, that Break also, the internet. <laughs> well, you know, and that says it all. You know, when the you know, when you turn on the news and that's the headline story. Yeah, you know, you have... The same you have a, time they we, land on the moving car. Exactly. But. And, and, and that's... But, 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 but... But, so, yeah, but. <laughs> yeah, the Comet actually got more hits on Twitter and Facebook than the Kim Kardashian. So oh, yeah. while the media was all loving Kim Kardashian, the real people were actually interested in uh, that really big moment where we landed on a moving comet. Well, so. that should be. I just don't, un- yeah. don't, don't know why the media is... I don't know. They're, you know what? I think that maybe her butt has some kind of like, like you know, it, like an LSD effect where you don't necessarily have to touch it to get affected. You just have to look at it, and then people are suddenly like drugged or something. I don't know because I don't see the appeal to her to begin with. I mean, I, you would have to be high to really love her, I think. Yeah. I'm going to get so much hate mail all of a sudden because there's so many Kim Kardashian fans. But well, yeah. well did you hear recently she cropped her baby out of a selfie? Because she didn't want her baby messing up her selfie. So she cropped her baby out of her selfie. (laughs) (laughs) That that tells you all there is to know about Kim Kardashian. (laughs) Yeah. At least for me. (laughs) Says it all. Well, well, it's certainly been interesting. (laughs) Yes, it has been. (laughs) And that's just about all we have time for. Thank God, eh? Yeah, before they take me off. Yeah, the audience are just like, oh, God, please, I hope she's almost done. <laughs> no, no, no. They're just, they just they like to send in emails. They don't like to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So know your hate mail, too, facebook.com backslash paranormal Ronin. Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks very much. Well, thank you for having me. This was a lot of Oh, excuse me. This was a lot of fun. It's been a while since I've been on Z-Talk, so, well, um, yeah. Well, we'll do it again. Um, maybe if you have another book coming up, we can do it then. That'd be fantastic. Well, thank you so much for having me. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Yeah. Good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show is over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.